Amen. If you can, again, using your smart device or you have the good old printed Bible, open up your Bible uh, to Matthew 18 uh, chapter. Going to look at a familiar parable to some and maybe new to others, dealing with the unforgiving servant or debtor. Looking in Matthew 18, chapter, verses 21 to 35, we find this teaching of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's interesting how this passage is right underneath of dealing with what so many church members are familiar with and how you correct a brother and sister uh, in the body of Christ. Uh, But sometimes I think we sandwich that and don't look into that about who is the greatest and dealing within the church and dealing with unforgiveness and not seeing how it all ties together. Uh, As we open up our Bibles, I'm just going to lift up two verses just for our hearing. Uh, They they, they are not next to each other, so you have to look closely. You have to see uh, your look at verse uh, 26, and then we're going to jump down to verse uh, 29. And then you might catch on while we're looking at those two verses. I'm reading from the New Living uh, Translation, Matthew 18, chapter Starting there at verse 26, then I'm going to read verse 29. The word of God says, But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Uh, Verse 29, His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it. He pleaded. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you take your seat, let me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them patience, fruit of the spirit. Amen. Tell your other neighbor so they don't feel left out. Talk to them too. Tell them patience, fruit of the spirit. Looking at Galatians 5, looking at verses 22 to 23, it tells us, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience. We're going to stop right there. It's not the fruits of, but the fruit of the Spirit. And now we're going to look at the aspect of patience. Now, this parable, this parable, this parable, you may say, how is he going to talk about patience when it's talking about forgiveness? I'm not arguing to you that it's not saying about forgiveness. What I want to highlight is that sometimes when we look at this parable, we miss those two passages when both who are in debt ask the same thing. They say, have a little bit more time with me, be patient, and I will pay it back. But when you look at this parable, you look within the context, look closely at chapter 18, first verse, we have them asking, who is the greatest? Jesus brings forth them a little child and say, these are the greatest. Be like a little child that comes on to me. And he, and he ministers to them about that. Then he talks about how he's come for the lost ones. And he gives the parable about the lost sheep and says how God rejoices as his man rejoices over that one more than the 99 righteous. And then dealing with unrighteousness, dealing with fallenness, dealing with brokenness, he goes on to talk about how you ought to correct 
a brother and sister in Christ. And, and so now Peter heard all of this teaching and feeling like, I think I got it, Jesus. I think I understand. He says, well, what about how often times do I need to forgive my brother as, as, as many times they messed up? And so I, I got a good number. I've heard in the past about three times, you know, three times you forgive. And after that, you know, you turn them over and, and, and let somebody else deal with them. But I'm going to show you, Jesus, that I'm holy. I'm spiritual. I think I grabbed on your teaching. So how about seven times? That's a good number, seven, number perfection. So I'll give them seven times to be forgiven. Jesus says, that's good, Peter, but how about 70 times seven or or maybe 77 times? I highlight to Peter that it's not just how many times you forgive, but it should be unlimited. There should not be a time of forgiveness. So that's what the parable moves into because Jesus says, let me help you out, Peter. And everybody is listening to Peter's question about how oftentimes we need to forgive one another. Let me tell you about what the kingdom of heaven is like. Y'all see that there in the text. Do y'all see that there? He went to what's the kingdom of heaven like? And it says the kingdom of heaven is like a king that brings forth some collectors. And one stands before him that owes a new living translation, helps us out, says a million dollars. I can't pay it back, king. So he's ready to take them and put his family in prison. He says, but be patient with me, and I'll pay it how much? It all back. Y'all see that there, right? I don't have it now, but some way, somehow, I think if I have some more time, I can pay it all back. I'm going to stick a pen in. Some of y'all lived in me. Y'all didn't catch on to that. Some of us have such large debts. All we think is if I had some more time. If I had some more time, maybe I might be able to fix what is wrong. But truth of the matter, if you had some more time, you have more time to mess it up. I'm going to move on. And so he, he, he thought if I had some more time, I could fix it. I can get it. The king says, all right, good. Uh, I, I see that I'll have what? Mercy on you. You see, grace came in here because judgment was, I'm going to take your family and everything that you don't have and take it and make it mine. But grace stepped in and did not judge him, and he showed him mercy, and he asked for some more time. He says, I'm not going to just give you time. I'm going to give you all the time you need because I'm going to remove the debt. People witness this, and then he sees him, another man. And now look closer here. It says it owed him a few hundred dollars. He went from owing a million dollars to somebody that owes him a few hundred dollars. Uh, here it, it points out that it went from a, a denarii that's uh, worth a day's wage compared to what he owed in talents. Talents was the highest denomination. So, you know, if you have a hundred dollar bill, right, the highest denomination, somebody owed you 10, you know, 10, 10 100 dollar bills, you, you want that money back. And then you will get mad at them. We will fight somebody for a penny. Y'all see, he went from the highest denomination to the lowest denomination. Now look closer here. He put his hands on him, choked the man, bows down, said, hey, sounds familiar. Have mercy on me if you give me just a little bit more time. I'll pay you back. Man said, no, you're going to jail, buddy. The other servant saw it. He comes before the king. The king said, how come you did not show what? Mercy as I showed mercy unto you. And so he goes in. Now, I want to highlight it. Yes, it's talking about forgiveness. But do you see in the text both men and who are the object and the subject of the, of the mercy, of the forgiveness? What do they want? Patience. They want a what? Y'all, y'all, y'all can't talk. I'm going to take all day. Now, come on now. They want what? All right. I thought y'all wanted to get out of here. All right. So they wanted patience. What I want to highlight is when you look at the fruit of the Spirit, is patience, it's long-suffering. 
is able to endure and put up with. It is not looking to be exasperated or try to get revenge. It's able to endure and look still so grace and mercy and love. Patience is not slapping somebody after I said I had enough. Patience is not cursing somebody else that I let you get away the first time. Patience is shown here that no matter how often it is done, you will still put up with it. Y'all quiet on me. I know you're going to be quiet on me there, but that's all right. That's why I got to preach about it. Because Jesus was teaching us that when we forgive people, one thing we don't acknowledge as part of forgiving one another is patience. Patience gave this man time that he never deserved because God decided to show him mercy. Some of us in our lives are grateful because of God's grace and grace's twin, mercy. Aren't you glad that they show up together? Because when they show up together, it means that you got some more time. And just like this man right here who owed a million dollars thought if he had enough time, he could pay it back. But in reality, if a denarii is a day's wage and a talent is ten times that, he would have to work about a thousand years. To pay it back, which means he cannot pay it back. It's showing that his debt was unpayable. He could never satisfy the debt. But a God, oh, grateful for an unmerciful God who never runs out of time. It says, I'm willing to forgive you no matter how much you owe. But if you step on my pinky toe, I'm ready to let you know how much I don't like you. It's amazing how patience when we want it. It's a beautiful thing. But when we are called to show patience to somebody else, I don't have time for that. So looking at the fruit of the Spirit, showing us how we must surrender to the will of God. So looking at patience, there's, I want us to understand that when we look at patience, we should first understand that patience comes from God. God is patient with us. It's shown in us in how he forgives us. And in Exodus 34, 6, it's declared in who he is. And he passes in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. This is even repeated in Psalm 103. Y'all know Psalm 103. If you don't go back and read Psalm 103, there's a part in it that you should like. It says that God separates our sins as far as the east is from the West, letting you know that they never meet up. And in the same Psalm 103 and, and 8, it says this, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. Psalm 35 tells us about the, what his patience does for us. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but the shout of joy comes where? In the morning, you understand because of God being slow to anger, because he has patience, we have joy. We have joy because of his patience. You understand because we deserve death. You know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Anybody got joy? And so when you, you see how the fruit of the Spirit, remember, is love, is joy, is peace, is patience. This comes from God. He sold us. You can have all of this. And so we understand that patience comes from God, and he shows us what patience looks like. The Lord is, is, is not slow about his promise. Now, catch this. Y'all, some of y'all might have remembered this during your Sunday school lesson. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. 
but is patient towards you, not wishing for any of you perish, but all to come to repentance. Because, you know, in the Sunday school lessons, talking about, you know, God would not be mocked. So don't think that God is slow. That's because some people get away with stuff. No, 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 no. They're going to get what's theirs. But yet God gives us patience so that we might realize our errors so that we can get it right. Let me, let me break it down to school term. You got some children in the house. Uh, you know, in school, right, you know you got your midterm grades. And your midterm grades are not on your report card. I'll let you know, like, this is where you are right now. If, and if you got a D, you got an F, you got some time to make it up. Oftentimes, the teachers put the hardest stuff with, with more points at the end so you can bring that grade up. So letting you know that you, you got a grade here, but it don't have to be the end result. You, you got time to fix it. Same times in your job, your boss may give you an assignment. Put the date and put it out. Then he has a mid-time, he follows up with you. How's it going? Meaning that I don't need it done. Don't lie to me, but I want you to know that time is winding up. And so you got a little bit more time just to get it right. Same thing how we do it on a personal level, right? Our, our birthday's coming up. And you give those subtle hints. Oh, that would look good on me. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get older next month. You know, you let our settle hint, let them know that it's not now, but you got some time <laughs> to go ahead and give me. We always give hints about times to, to get it right. But look how great our God is and how he gives us time to get it right. So the Holy Spirit teaches us about patience. Two, two ways I want us to understand how we must learn to be patient. We first must learn to be patient on God, for there are benefits. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. When you can wait, when you can be patient on the Lord, you can realize he will revive you and restore you. And even this, when you are, are, are waiting, Cassius, Cassius, when you are waiting, you can watch your deliverance. When, when they are crossing the Red Sea, God speaks to Moses and tells them, be still and watch the delivery of the Lord. Some of y'all quiet on me. Let me help you out. And, and another psalm is very simple. It says this, be still and know that I am God. And, and in that psalm, it's saying, when it's saying to be still, basically it's, it's, it's emphasizing a more literal translation is to let your hands down. And when you let your hands down, that's when you are relaxed. When you are at ease. Anybody ever did an exercise before where you got to hold your arms out? And, and you get tired. You can't wait to put your arms down and be still. Here's times in our lives that we think we got things under control. We're getting worn out. Our, our hands are full. Things are out of our hands. God will say, just put your hands down. Be still. And know that I am God. Let me give you a, a theological principle that, that can make you very wise and theological. Here's a, here's a theological principle. I, I'm not trying to be smart. I'm not trying to be very astute, but I just want you to know a very great theological principle that you can use to break down anybody who wants to understand who God is. Let them know that there is a God, and I'm not him. That's a good theological principle to have. And so this, since you know that there is a God and you're not him, be still. And know that God is going to do what he can do. And so when we learn to be patient on God, look what happens to us. We learn to be revived. We learn that our, our deliverance is in his hands. And we know that we can find rest. Do you know how you can find rest in, in our Lord? We see this in Hebrews 
It talks about how he has a promised rest for us. And, and Hebrews 6 and 15 says, there, there be a patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, but patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You need to be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. You know that God is coming back again, and, and that's when we will have rest from all our labors and all our trials, and there'll be no more trouble, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more suffering. So we learn to be patient with God and patient of the Son of God of coming back, but also in our patience, check this out. Do you remember when Lazarus passed away? Jesus was patient. Mary and Martin didn't think so. They said, if you were here, my brother would not have been dead. He's looking at them with all patience, saying, don't you believe in the resurrection? I'll believe in the resurrection at the end of the day. But I'm talking about right now. I'm like, my, my, my brother's in the grave. Show me the grave. Wait, wait a minute. Hold up now. Time out. It's done been three days. The body stinks. No, don't open it up now. Jesus did all this. His patience was just to show the glory of the Lord. Let me help you out. When you are patient on God, there's times in your life when things look dead, when things are not look like they're not going to work out. But yet, hold up. Let me give you one more example. Come here, Abraham. My wife is barren. How's she going to give me a child? 25 years later. Now we're 199. And now we're going to have a child. I was young. I couldn't have a child. Now that I'm old, you're going to give me a child. Romans makes it very clear. It says God can speak to those things that are not as though as they are. He can speak presently of things to come that look dead. Why is that? Because he is an able God. And so what I want to point out, things in our lives don't look like they're going to work out. But if God says they're going to just wait on the Lord. So not only are we patient with God, the second way we need to patient be patient with each other. This is where the Galatians breaks it down to us and the fruit of the spirit where we must understand what patience is. Because I can't be patient with you when I don't understand what patience is. Think about how we have people when they're running out of patience, they say all kinds of things. They say things like this. Lord, help me. They say like, you need to get out of here. They say things, I need to hang up the phone. They say, then, let me see you one more time. Let me hear your name one more time. Let one more thing come out your mouth. These are signs that we are running out of patience. And, and the reason why we are running out of patience, look closely what we're saying. Me and I are all involved in. But if we can re- re- remember that if not me living in the flesh, I have been crucified with Christ, so it's no longer I who live, but it's what? He who lives in me. Then you will say, Father, let your will be done. Father, have your way. You realize that let me be slow to speak and slow to anger and quick to listen. You understand that I will not become angry and vengeful with you because, yes, you're getting on my last nerve. Yes, I'm getting tired of hearing your voice. I'm getting tired of hearing complaints about you. If you don't get out my house, I might lose my mind. We understand our flesh is falling. So, but at those times, is the times where you need to be still. And just trust in the Lord. Say, Lord, guard my tongue, guard my heart, guard my mind, that I won't do anything that will offend you, do anything that will hurt my brother, sister, in Christ. There's times in our lives that we take advantage of those who are close to us are the ones we hurt the most. Think about 
we have more patience with people on our job than we do to the person we sleep next to. I, I, I can think about, I, got, I, I know as a child, I remember I had more patience with kids that treated me bad at school but let my brother mess with my socks. Socks, man, nothing to do, it's just my socks. I showed up want to hit him. I, I would not fight in school, but I would pick up a knife at home. Y'all look at me, y'all kind of look funny. I, I want you to understand, see, in the house, it was no rules. When we fought, I, I would try to break bones. But I didn't fight at school. Think about how I, was, I got more pace with kids at school than I do with a family that loves me. Because I was taking advantage of their patience with me. They were being patient with me because I wasn't acting right. And, but I'm getting mad at them. Same way we do in our lives, that people don't act right. We get mad at them, but no, darn well, we are not even close of acting right. You look at the story of the Unforgivable Day. He wasn't acting right, but he was forgiven. But he got the nerve to go call somebody else out. That's not doing half the stuff that he was doing. And he want to put him in jail and say, serve you right. I want you to understand here that God saw all that. And he punished the one that was doing it. I want you to understand here, don't get caught up and say, I've been to church the longest, I've been a Christian long, so I got the right to tell you how wrong you are. I want you to understand God's sure enough is the judge. And you can try to act like you are a judge and jury, but you're going to find out there's going to be some time. You'll say, Lord, can I get some more time? You're going to say, time is, time is winding up. So here it is that when we understand patience, we have to have patience with each other. Our patience with each other is expressing how we love one another, how we're gentle and kind towards one another. Our patience shows up that when you do things, I'm not thinking about how I can pay you back or I'm praying for your demise, but instead I'm looking out, how can I help you out? When we have patience, it says basically to interpret as long-suffering, able to endure with the issue. Anybody here had a, had a pain in your body? And, and your pain in your body was so bad that you felt it was going to be worse to get it fixed, so you endured that pain just a little bit longer? You say, you know what, I can put up with it. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to see the doctor quite yet. I, I'm going to hold on as long as I can. And, and you keep on holding on until it gets so bad that you got no choice. You got to take me to the doctor. <laughs> and oftentimes, I've heard the story this way. The doctor says, if you'd have came to me earlier, it wouldn't be as bad as it is now. Now we got to do this. Compared to if you just came in, we might have just had to done a little bit of therapy. And here it is in our lives that we, we are the same way in our lives that we are in a bad condition, and, and we know we need to fix it, but we just don't know how to wait on the Lord. We want to try to put up with it as long as we can, and we are in more damage and more trouble. Then it comes to find that all we need is help from the Lord. I want to help you understand that there's times in our lives that we understand that I can't put up with it by myself. I need some help. And so don't put up with that pain or body. So go ahead and get that help. It's all right to say help. It's all right to cry out for help. It's all right to look at your brothers and your sisters. You know what? Be patient with me. I got some issues. And, and acknowledge that these are my issues. And yes, they are big, and I can never pay you back. But can you put up with me? 
See, in our lives, we want everybody to put up with our mess, but we can never put up with somebody else's mess. Being patient is for you to understand that you stink too. Think about how you go around places, you cover your nose, oh, it smells bad. And sometimes it's you. You won't blame everybody else. You know how the, how the jokes just say, did you smell your upper lip? They know you smell about you smell something, might be you. We always want to point out somebody else instead of looking, is it me? You know, some of you need to do that, that sure test. You know how you do that sure test? You know, you just scratch your arm. You know, you just scratch your head and turn your head like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You check, make sure you know the right guard didn't turn left. You check it out. And there's times in our lives that we think it's everybody else, but we need to check ourselves and, Lord, where am I weak? Lord, where am I, am I struggling? And realize that I got issues in my life. Because not only this, that am I looking to be patient with others? I want others to be patient with me. And the last part I want to deal with patience is when you look at this fact, do you understand how it came from Peter? Peter asked Jesus, how many times must I forgive? Now, Jesus tells him that there's no set time, but it's 77 times or seven, 70 times seven. Jesus is letting him know that you are to always forgive. What does that mean? That means this, that even if they don't repent, you are to forgive. But now the second part is this on that forgiveness and patience, that when we have done wrong, we have to acknowledge our wrong. Just because someone has forgiven you and you're operating in that forgiveness does not mean that the relationship has been made right because you need to go forth and say, you know what, I was wrong for taking that $20. I know you forgave me and you didn't say anything about it, but I'm sorry for what I did. I hurt you. I harmed you. Peter is looking at his responsibilities. I've done my part. If I forgive him seven times. But now we have to look on the other responsibility that how are we in dealing with and receiving forgiveness? Do we accept it? Because the undebted, he did not accept his forgiveness. He did not really operate in forgiveness because if he did, Jesus made it very clear about that woman that was wiping his, his, his feet with her tears. He said because she has been forgiven much, she loves much. And so the truth of the matter is this. How much have you been forgiven? How much patience has God shown you? And if you can't count, then you need to stop counting on other people and say, how can I show them more patience? How can I be more forgiven towards them? How can I not point out? Because check it out. When you are patient with somebody, it means you don't point out their faults all the time. Many of us have issues in our lives that we do some things that some of us, you know, we, we may scratch our ear all the time. You know, you may, you may wipe your face a certain way. You may drive a certain way. You may eat a certain way. You may cut your meat a certain way. You may go to the store a certain way. And it may be different than somebody. They're always going to talk about why you go this way. Well, why you do it that way? Why you doing that way? Basically what they're saying, I'm tired of you doing it that way. Do it my way. But, yeah, we have to be mindful to be patient. Say, so, you know what, let them do it their way. How can I be more patient? Because nobody here is perfect. We all need just a little bit more time. And time is today. 
Jesus died on the cross so that we might know him and forgiveness of sins. And so don't let time run out on you now. But today, can you be like those two? Can you fall down and worship them and say, Lord, be patient with me and forgive me. And I want you to know that he's faithful and just. He'll cleanse us of all unrighteous those who confess to him. Let us pray. Almighty God, we